Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Sans Pants Radio. Delicioso. Hey, what's Pac-Man, everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast, where today I watch Dora in the Last City of Gold with my friend Ian Schrank. Ian uses he, him pronouns, and uh, we saw this one in theaters, and so should you, because actually, this movie fucking rocks. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at StopTweetingMia, and if you like this episode of the podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really does help. Thank you for listening to Cynical Cartoons for another week. As always, I'm Mia Marchant. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm here if you need to talk. Let's talk about Dora, the ex- what is it called? Dora, the it Lost City. It is called city Dora of- and the Lost City of Dora's Gold. Road to El Dorado. El Dorado. What a fucking movie. The Magnificent. It was good. This one, I haven't seen Road to El Dorado. That one should be another episode. Uh, music by Elton John. It's pretty great. That's the only thing you seem to know about it, though. I mean, it's a good movie. It's not as gay as I guess it could have been. Uh, but I can't even say that I know that fact. I know it third hand. I would say that about any movie. That's fair. You know, you watch like Call Me By Your Name and you're like, this could have been gayer, mm-hmm. honestly. Same with the Dora movie. Yeah. Getting back to the topic today. Yeah, the Dora movie was quite could heteronormative. Have been gayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but let's get into it. What did yeah. you think? You know what I thought. This movie fucking rules. How in the world is the Dora movie this good? I was shocked. I mean, I was like, in the right mindset already going in like, oh, this is going to be awful and I'm going to love it. I was ready to love this movie, but not for the reasons that I ended up loving it for. Right. From day one of hearing about the Dora the Explorer live action adaptation for theaters, you're like, I saw is... that college humor video <laughs> yeah. in 2007. Like that yeah. was an all right video. Right. It sounds like such a wild concept. And then they're like, oh, yeah, Michael Bay is producing it. I don't even know if that's true now. No, I think that was in the sketch. <laughs> that was in the college humor video. I don't think that was ever real. But No, no, that, no, that was real. Michael Bay was attached to this for a really long time. Because the TMNT movie was so good. Oh, do you think they were planning a crossover? He was going to be the Zack Snyder of this Nickelodeon crossover? Yeah, I think that he was going to be the Zack Snyder of the Nickelodeon crossover verse. You know, cat dog happens and you're like, oh, no, (laughs) I'd like to talk to you. Hey, Arnold. And he has the big football head live action. I'd like to talk to you about the Nicktoons initiative. (laughs) Is that Dora? That's Boots. (laughs) That's 
<laughs> that is fucking Danny Trejo as Boots the monkey, who Boots is something in this movie. Everybody's something. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like this entire movie is just so carefully orchestrated in a way that it's like really fun to watch. Basically what they do is it's it's the Fat Albert effect, right? They take Dora the Explorer as she is in the cartoon for four-year-olds and they're like, let's just put her in the real world. She's going to walk around and be like, hi, I'm Dora. Hi, I'm Dora. Hi, I'm Dora. I love being alive. I love doing things, singing songs. And everybody's like, hey, fuck off, idiot. It's all that without the mythology of her vaporizing out of the TV and at in canon being a cartoon. That's the only thing missing from Which the Fat Albert what movie. it was in this movie. <laughs> but that almost, since it wasn't, I mean, Dora is a real person in this world, has a family and stuff, but it yeah. gave me James Gunn Scooby-Doo vibes because oh, of for that. Sure. It's very much feels like, hey, everyone remembers this show, right? This isn't an adaptation. This is more like a joke about it. Right. But still a full good movie, sort of still taking it seriously. Yeah. I mean, I think that the issue they could have run into here that they definitely avoided a lot of the time I talk about on this show, like I hate a world where every character is super chipper Mm -hmm. or every character is, I don't know, just feels very sanitized, including the main character, like the emoji Uh movie or the Angry Birds movie. It's like they have an issue, but deep down they're a good guy. And you're like, hey, fuck you. You suck because like the world is not really against that person. But here it feels like Dora is an outsider for being so optimistic. And that feels very realistic in a way that like she goes throughout the entire movie and people are like, why are you being so weird? Mm -hmm. And she's like, I know I'm being weird. I'm I'm doing it because I like being me. Mm -hmm. And it's like she's not just optimistic and weird because she's optimistic and weird. She's that way because that's her coping mechanism to get through the world. Yeah. I was also sort of surprised by that because in a lot of ways there's like fish out of water jokes or she's like very unaware of certain social things, but she's not completely unaware of stuff like that. Like at one point her cousin Diego, who is very much a, a straight man sort of character, like a character who exists in the world and is embarrassed by Dora. And we know, confirm that he is a straight man. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. He needs to tell you I that. I forgot that they specifically confirmed that. But Diego, played by Mark Wahlberg's nephew. I looked I was that about up. to say Jeff Wahlberg. Yes. Is he on Wahlburgers? Um, confirmed Wahlburgers or no? I've not. I've only watched that show once and it was awful. Great. Uh, but Diego like gets mad at her in a very sort of typical kids movie way like you know people are laughing at you right and she's aware of it she's not like oblivious to it but she doesn't know what else to do and that was an oddly like real moment that i was not expecting and this was all without any cgi monkeys like that doesn't come (laughs) in so later swiper didn't even show up and i was on the movie's side right that's a really good way to introduce Dora into this world of her. Basically, he's like, you can't be that way. And she's like, it's the only way I know how to be, Mm -hmm. which to me just felt very like queer that she like goes to her grandma and she's like, grandma, I can't not be this way. And her grandma's like, sometimes you need to hide who you really are to fit in. She's like, no, like, I love that. Yeah. Grandma was trying to comfort her, but ultimately not helpful. No, (laughs) I really love the moment also where she's like, grandma, am I weird? And her grandma's like, I like you a lot, Dora. And she's like, oh, I'm weird. Okay, <laughs> got it. It's not a no, Grandma. And she just like pats her on the back and says nothing in the scene cuts. But what I was getting at with like putting her inside of like a real pessimistic world where everybody's like, 
has their own things they're concerned with and not concerned with being nice to people. And that's like her main thing is like, I want to be nice to people. I want to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing, like, I feel like is the way that you inspire people to be better humans. Mm -hmm. Like Steven Universe, right? Is a little cinnamon roll inside of a universe where he's like surrounded by morally complex situations all the time. And yet he constantly all the time is like, I'm going to make friends. I'm going to be friends with the bad guy. Mm -hmm. It's like, that rocks. Like that's, that makes me feel good. And there are definitely bad ways to do that. But like if the character is compelling. And yeah, so she goes to like high school in LA with Diego for a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then she gets just kidnapped, abducted and brought into the rainforest. So easily abducted too. Yeah. Like basically they go to high school for like 20 minutes and it's like, oh, Dora doesn't fit in. And then there's these other kids. There's Diego who's like kind of a cool kid, but not really. Like, yeah, I guess he's a You might be, but you don't know enough about him. You assume he plays sports and sure, I bet he's good at soccer. Yeah. And he's always like, Dora, you're going to ruin my opportunities to be cool and popular. But I didn't see, like, I went to the bathroom for five minutes in the middle of this movie. I didn't see him ever talk to anybody that wasn't Dora. Does he have other friends? Like, do they have names and lines or are they just kind of like background characters maybe? They are background characters, but they're dressed similar to Diego. So I took that as, oh, these are his friends. Oh, Oh. friends. That makes sense, too. That makes Uh a little bit more sense. They both wore, like, soccer jerseys. And so it's like, okay, these are the friends he at least wants to fit in with. That's all the characterization they get. Sure. And so they they go off with with those two, the sort of, like, class president, like, stuck-up girl that hates Dora because she's Lisa's rival. Lisa's Lisa's rival. (laughs) And, um... Wiener kid. I don't know that guy's name. What's his it's name? It's Coconut Head. Coconut Head, of course. Yeah. So Coconut Head from Ned's Declassified yeah. is in this movie. No, I did think it's very on brand for Nickelodeon because this is a young actor very inspired by Josh Peck in the early seasons of Drake and Josh, and he's trying to be Josh. I, I don't know if he succeeded, but you know what? He has good taste is all I have to say. Yeah, he, he does fine in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, he kind of annoyed me, but I think that all of these actors do a good job of what they're given. It doesn't feel like you're watching, like, TV actors on a TV budget. It feels like a film. He's a very much a nerdy guy. A wiener, like you said. Wiener kid, if, yeah, a Wiener sure. kid, if you will. I think that's his name. Uh, totally into Dora. You know, fine. That's the sort of character they'd have. I feel like for the first part of the movie, he didn't speak as much. And when he did, I'm like, oh, this kid's funny. And as he got more lines, I'm like, oh, he's average. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he wants to be Josh Peck. Yeah. It's weird how many like romantic connections they try and set up in the movie. Because mm-hmm. they have that kid who's like constantly hitting on Dora, who is like 16, but acts like a six-year-old. Uh because she's Dora the Explorer. (laughs) So she has to be like, hey guys, let's sing a song about digging a hole. Let's sing a song about walking through the woods. Let's sing a song about finding the the terrorist guys that abducted us. And it's like, well... Just like in the show. All right, kid. (laughs) Oh yeah, they do fight ISIS in the film. No, that that definitely Uh, happens. Yeah, that happens. There are lots of terrorists. Well, Well, and the thing that I wanted to get at was that Diego also has like a romantic connection with like the class president girl. Mm -hmm. But I'm not engaged with that at all. And really, that comes down to the fact that at the beginning of the movie, Dora tries to talk to this girl for two seconds because she's like, she's selling cupcakes on the quad. Mm-hmm. And the guy is like, no, stay away from her. She's not cool. We, we wouldn't be cool if we hung out with her. And then later on in the movie, he's like, admits that he's been watching her in health class and like studies her outfits. And you're like, OK, so he's obsessed with her. He's bullying her because he has a crush on her. 
and he's not a 10 year old inappropriate he's like 17 and he's like oh stay the fuck away from her she's gross but i don't know he just has like this macho alpha male bullshit i mean i didn't interpret the first part of him being like making fun of her for not being cool i took that more as oh no she's a bitch don't talk to her which ended up being sort of true in the beginning she did not like dora Again, I feel like for the first half of the movie, whenever they hinted at, oh, Diego likes her, it's like, oh, this is cute for a kid's movie. Then they sure. kept doing that. Yeah. And I got started to be like, okay, you're, we got it before. You're going a bit too far. Oh, you remembered the shirt she wore that day in health class? That's a bit too much. That, that's the thing is he can be one or the other. He can be the person who's like, she sucks, don't talk to her. And then by the end, he's like, okay, she's fine. She's my friend. Or yeah. he can be the person who's been secretly stalking her for months and then he's the villain in the movie and he has to fall into a fiery pit at the end. Like, I don't know. I mean, he Did just you has... switch characters? Because <laughs> I only remember one fiery pit that someone <laughs> fell into. Diego just kind of sucks. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe Diego should have been the mid-credits reveal at the end of the movie. <laughs> where like, he, you know, like she gets back to home and then they're like, hey, somebody's here to see you. And then he comes in with like a cigarette and like a leather jacket. He's like, hey, what's up, D? Oh, okay, to set up the cinematic universe. Yeah, of course, the sequel, yeah. Uh-huh. Do you think this movie's getting a sequel? Uh, I hope so. I considered watching <laughs> more Dora leading up to this episode so I'd have <laughs> things to reference, but every time I thought, am I going to watch a six-year-old cartoon? I ended up not. I wish I had some obscure character to say that's who the tie-in should be, but we got to talk about the greater lore to Dora. We haven't touched on Swiper yet. We'll get to him. But if you're going into this movie wanting to see all of your favorite colorful characters, all the talking animals, you won't be disappointed. Right, right. They do show up. They all show up, and also they all say their catchphrases. (laughs) There's so many catchphrases in this movie. And it's like Dora says all of it, and Swiper says, Aw, man. And she says, go, Diego, go, and all of it. It's just like, wow, this movie is They know what insane. people are looking for. Which is so weird, because what are people looking for when they walk into the live-action Dora movie? Because I didn't know what I wanted from this, but they gave it to me somehow. Were you in the bathroom when they almost said Dora the Explorer, but instead it's like, oh, it's you, Dora, the abducted teenager. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> no, I missed that part. It was great. That's very funny. I mean, I think that a lot of movies could take note from this. Like, I felt Detective Pikachu maybe was trying to do something like this, mm-hmm. but just felt a little bit too sanitized, mm-hmm. which is weird that the Dora movies feels less sanitized than that. But <laughs> than like, Then a Ryan Reynolds comedy. Right, right. Like, if Sonic could, like, take a note from this and be able to do something like this, I feel like that movie could kick ass. I could see that from Jim Carrey's scenes. I don't know about anyone else in that movie than the Sonic movie. I'm not even excited about that, though. I want Jim Carrey to be in good movies again. Yeah, he's, he's taken a couple it. years off. Sonic is not going to be his one. It could. <laughs> this movie gave me a lot of hope for future movies. I'm trying to tell myself that Dora live action is not a one-off, randomly good movie, that there could be more movies like this. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a little bit delusional because the movie is not without its flaws. Swiper could have been a much bigger role in the movie. (laughs) You just want the Swiper spinoff. Honestly, I think the movie is kind of Swiper's kind of the Skeletor of this universe. 
I think the movie is without its flaws. I think that for a Door of the Explorer movie, this is literally the greatest thing we could have asked for. Mm-hmm. How could it have been improved? More I swiper. didn't like a lot of the CGI animals. Boots, anytime he's on screen, right. I'm not a fan of Boots. Except for when he's played by Danny Trejo. <laughs> I don't even know if I liked that because I don't know if you saw me when this deep <laughs> voice. Because <laughs> let me tell you. You go about an hour and 30 minutes of this movie with no talking from Boots. Yeah, yeah. And then in this moment, it's like, I don't know, Boots. I I can't do it. I'm in over my head. I'm just a kid. You are just a kid, Dora. But you're not quite an adult yet. And it's a very confusing time for (laughs) you. And like my jaw dropped. Like (laughs) that's when I did say, what the fuck am I watching? And I I stayed in that state until he finished his one mini monologue and then does not speak again for the rest of the movie. So I'm still not even sure that happened. It kind of feels like a fever dream. Well, and that's the thing about this movie is that it all feels so fantastical. Mm -hmm. Like there's moments all the time where it jumps the shark. It does it 50 times. (laughs) And every single time you're like, wow, I didn't think there'd be magic in this movie. And then you think about it and you're like... They just there's a there's a there's a fox that talks and has a catchphrase and like steals. Oh shit. man! <laughs> like of course there's gonna be magic in this movie. Boots the monkey just talked. Like they went through a a, a field of like poison poppy and got microdosed and then went on an animated adventure for five minutes. Like this is fucking the crazy. hands down highlight is they do all go on a fucking acid trip. Yeah, in the and middle become of it. animated. <laughs> And the map starts talking, the backpack starts talking, everything you want to talk, talks. (laughs) And like the blue cow, I should know his name. Actually, the blue cow is the only character I remember. Mm -hmm. There were like a few times that something came up to me. And again, it's like, I'm not familiar with enough with the cartoon, but I did watch it a lot as a kid. And things would happen. I'm like, is this a reference to a classic episode? Like they're all in quicksand. (laughs) They're like, how do we get outdoors? Like, everyone, don't panic. And I'm like... I feel like there was an episode where Dora said this. And then they like, the guy gets stuck in the quicksand and they're like, oh, if we go on the other side, we can pull him out. I'm like, the blue cow got stuck in a wall and they found they could pull him out. This was, it's literally taking beats from episodes of Dora, but I'm also not sure enough about it because I haven't seen it in years. Well, and the funny thing is that that whole scene felt like they were, doing quicksand awareness. (laughs) Like they were like, hey, PSA kids, if you get stuck in quicksand, lie on your back and move your feet upwards so you can push yourself out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, if that is an episode of Dora, then was the Dora episode about quicksand awareness? (laughs) A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. There was a few moments in the beginning when it felt like a couple minutes when the writers weren't sure what they were doing. Like they were just typing to get like the nerves out. And it's like, okay, now here's the movie. When it like cuts 10 years in the future, she has this camera and she's talking to it. Like it's a blogger, like, Hey everyone, Dora here. And I'm like, is this going to be how they do the narration that she's like a YouTuber? (laughs) And then she puts the camera away and she's still talking like that. And then they drop that whole thing. Like the writers were like, yeah, this isn't working. No, we won't delete it. We just won't do it again. It felt like a bad idea, and they're like, "Now nah, let's stop." They it. used to have that the entire movie, and then now there's some scenes where you see her just like open up her mouth and go, and then and she it, cuts away. It's not Suicide Squad. It's not that. <laughs> there was probably a cut where someone, or maybe it was like an executive, you know, all of the Sony emails. It's like, ooh, people like Instagrammers. What if Dora was an influencer, and they like. They entertain the thought for just a minute and then they're like, okay, now let's actually make a movie. (laughs) Right. I mean, I think the thing about this movie that really, really works in its favor is that it's very like influenced by early 2000s kids movies, Mm -hmm. I think. Like this felt like if this was made in 2002, I would watch this movie so much as a kid. It felt like the spiritual successor to Spy Kids and not just because of Danny Trejo. Yeah, it just feels very much like of that time... And just really impeccably written for a Dora movie, which yeah. is just so funny the entire time. And the, all the kids do a really good job in this, too. Like, the main girl carries this movie so much. Yeah, she is great. It's wild, because she's just, like, walking around, talking like Dora the entire time. And you're like, wow, you are a cartoon character, and it's working. This is yeah, great. Yeah, it's completely she, like, goes cartoonish, to this, and that's exactly it. She, like, goes to the school dance, and the poster says, like, dress is your favorite star, and everybody else is dressed as, like, celebrities Instagram and models, sh- and she dresses up like a star. She's the sun, literally the sun. Her favorite star is the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I guess all stars would kind of look like that, though. Yeah, but Wiener Kid said it was the sun, so we're going off his word. Favorite character in this movie? Is it Swiper? No, he's not in it enough for me to say that. Uh, I, he gets who quite is also a bit of played time. by he's Benicio so del Toro. Yeah. He is played by Benicio del Toro. The way he moved, it's like he was in a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> but there's no other character or anything else that moves in a similar way, which almost made it funnier. <laughs> because Boots, it's like they almost, Boots looks like they wanted. Boots to be Abu from the live action Aladdin. He's very didn't Abu. have yeah. didn't have the money for it, so it's like eh, this is the best we got. But Swiper's like, nah, we want Bugs Bunny, but with a deep Hispanic voice. <laughs> well, and this takes so much influence from a lot of movies that have come out recently. I feel like this gets like the talking animal component down so much better than a lot of those do. Uh-huh. But you know, it's like Rocket Raccoon. It's like Meowth from Pokemon. I mean. Talking animal done right? I don't know. 
He's now fine. that you say that, I realize Rocket Raccoon is just Meowth. That was a glass shattering moment for me. <laughs> yeah. And so Warner Brothers or whoever owns Pokemon, if you're listening, you got to get Bradley Cooper for Meowth. I'm sure <laughs> he'll do it. I mean, he hasn't gotten his Oscar yet, but this could be where he gets it directing the Meowth movie. Hey, Jesse, James, what do we got over here? Who That's would play, play Jesse it. and James? Um, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sam Rockwell (laughs) and Jennifer Lawrence. (laughs) Bradley Cooper directed Sam Rockwell and Kate McKinnon. Well, Kate McKinnon is so good. We need I don't we need someone better than Sam Rockwell. No, Sam Rockwell is amazing. That would be a really great pairing. I think. (laughs) Fine, Dana Carvey. Is that what you wanted to hear? No one wanted to hear Dana Carvey. (laughs) So Swiper just moves different. I was gonna say than all other CGI animals, but it's just him and Boots, who look like they're from two different movies. But I think that that's fine because this movie is such a mixture of different things. It's like it is Indiana Jones, Tomb Raider with a kid who acts like a kid from a baby cartoon with the monkey who looks like he's from a Disney live action movie with the teenagers who all seem like they're from like a normal teenage movie. <laughs> but it all works really well together, I think. So and then it, uh, If you've ever wanted to see Raiders of the Lost Ark mixed with Fat Albert, <laughs> mixed with Detective Pikachu, yes. mixed with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and mixed with High School Musical, boy, do we have a movie for you. Yeah, it's Dora, the City of the Lost the Temple, of the Skeleton El of Cadabra. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, Dora's singing a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of singing. There's a big DreamWorks-style dance, dance party number. at the end, which is which really good. I loved it. But there was a moment when it really looked like they were going to change gears and the song would turn into, come on, Vamanos, everybody, let's go. And they never sang that. Oh, that would have been good. I thought, Damn it, the movie's bad now. <laughs> I thought in the final moments of the film, they start singing that and everyone stands up and cheers in the right, audience. Right. So that's for the sequel. I don't know. I mean, my big question whenever she was doing that is like, is Dora improvising? All of these. Did she take like an improv 101 at UCB and now she's like, I'm going to sing the poop song. It's like, okay. Okay. Just because I tried to sing a song about poop in my class doesn't mean everyone does that, Mia. But that must have been something because remember, she was homeschooled by professors. That's why she knows everything. They were professors in improv mostly. (laughs) She made up everything she said in that movie. (laughs) Well, because maybe, maybe she already had a song about digging up poop. Yeah, that one seems logical, but some of the other songs seem kind of out of the blue. Yeah. They're very good at, I would say, establishing characters and stuff in like quick moments. Like, you know, everything you need to know about Dora and Diego in the moment when they're walking to the bus stop and she's skipping and singing about the backpack. (laughs) She's singing the backpack song and he looks like he's trying to dress cool and he's got his like his bag for sports practice and he's like just kill me now yeah i think one of my favorite parts is when they're running through the forest they're accompanied by this wacky old guy named alejandro right played by eugenio derbez mm -hmm. who i like he's fun He, he i liked him in this yeah he got the first major laugh from the kids in the audience. For the first like 30 minutes, we thought, wow, this is audi- jokes for like the adults here. Right. And then he walks into a spider web, screams and hits his head. Kids loved it. <laughs> they like cheered. It was a great moment. But then there was when they save him from the quicksand, he's really happy. He's like, I'm alive. I'm alive. <laughs> and he starts crying. 
which is so good. And then he's like, no, I'm a fraud. I'm the bad guy. And she's like, no, you're not a bad guy. And right. He ends up being the main <laughs> He's trying to confess to Dora. And she's like, no, you're not a bad guy. We all think that sometimes. That's really good. It's so good. I mean, there were times when I was watching this movie when I was like, the Dora movie is smarter than me. <laughs> like, not not the, the big villain reveal because that was kind of like, you could see that coming. But like when they went through the poppy seeds and then the animated stuff started, I was like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have been able to make this happen. Yeah, no. And like, like the entire audience is just laughing so hard at just her being animated again. And like the jokes are just, they're there. It's so good, too, because, like, Diego, what happened to you? And it's animated Diego standing there. Everyone's just like, what? <laughs> What's about to happen? They won't. They did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dora seems the entire movie, like, she's just, like, such a pure soul mm-hmm. that just learns the concepts of, like, lying and death as the movie goes on. <laughs> she's, like, one of the aliens from Galaxy Quest. She's just kind of like, I'm happy. And then she's like, what is lying? Oh. <laughs> but then by the end, she just kind of, like... Has it all figured out. I don't mm-hmm. know. I also love when she first pulls out a knife. That's <laughs> yeah. a great moment for everyone. Oh, there were so many things, though, that like early on in the movie, you could tell they're setting up. I'm like, these are going to be big. And they ended up being very mild. It's like, oh, no, a yo-yo is one of the most deadliest weapons. I'm like, is she going to fucking kill someone with <laughs> yeah. that? She hits a guy with the yo-yo and it's like, OK. And then early on, it's like, oh, the golden poisonous frog. Uh, even just touching one of these will... Uh, knock you out instantly I'm like oh that's gonna be big it's like a minor character without a name touches the frog later like there was swiper? a lot of, it was swiper and the guy who was next to swiper right yeah and swiper does come back don't worry there's I was actually pretty happy with the amount of swiper <laughs> early on as we were watching it we said swiper's the Darth Maul of the movie and then you said eventually he's gonna come back out for the final fight with dual lightsabers which I knew that was never going to happen, but if you could see the image in my head, it's so vivid and awesome. And there was actually, to be fair, a final showdown between Swiper and Boots. That was good. It, I like that part. It was good. Sure. I really loved the part in the movie where Eugenio Derbez's character sort of betrays them for the final time. Like, he betrays them a lot in this movie. Yeah. But in the end, they, like, figure out all of the traps and things like that. They get through to the final gold place they were all looking for. Uh-huh. And he comes in, and he's like, get out of my way. I'm an adult who doesn't really have a weapon brandished. He just kind of <laughs> walks in there. Like, they could easily overpower him. And he's like, let me do the thing. Uh-huh. And the whole thing is that you're supposed to put down, like, what the ancient, like, Incans would have valued most. And he puts down gold. And then gets dragged down to hell. But like, I just love the moment where he comes in and he's like, it's gold. I love gold. <laughs> gold. <laughs> that whole scene is great because it. Gold. you'd think that's an exaggeration, but it's a lot of gold. <laughs> Go. He says it at least I've five times. I've tricked you again, Dora. And you're like, okay, guy. <laughs> Fuck off. I love a villain that pretends to be a stupid idiot and then reveals that he's a mastermind, but is still a stupid idiot. That's pretty good. (laughs) There's a lot of moments in this movie that drag on for a really long time. Like when they realized quicksand sounds like farts. There was that. But I was thinking mainly about when Alejandro starts crying. Like it goes on for a really long time. And they've got a joke there where like all the teenagers around him are like, it's really uncomfortable when adults cry. And then earlier on in the movie when Michael Pena's character did his impression of a rave that felt like improv and just went on and on and on and on for so fucking long. 
Honestly, all the stuff that happened before she goes to America, I forgot about because I didn't love the movie at that point. <laughs> I think that from the moment that it started up, I, I sort of gave it the benefit of the doubt because I had heard that it was pretty good. Uh-huh. So I was curious about like, how? How in the world? See, I didn't hear anything about it being good. At that point, I'm like, oh, Michael Pena is going to start beatboxing. And so I'm like, that's going to come soon. And then it yeah. came. And then after it happened... The movie got really good. Yeah. So. I mean, Michael Pena was my least favorite part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Just because seeing him in general, it's kind of a James Corden effect. I just uh-huh. He's bothered me in movies before, and so he just kind of bothers me eternally. Oh, I, I, I like him in most things, and he's fine here. He's doing sure. jokes, but no, they're No, he, he does an yeah. okay job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eva Longoria is the mom. She doesn't do anything or make any jokes, mm-hmm. but she was in Food Fight. You guys remember that? <laughs> you can cut this all out. I no. have nothing to add. No, to. no, no. This is incredibly <laughs> relevant to cynical cartoons. She doesn't have anything to do with. That's interesting. At the end of the movie, there's a moment where like Dora decides that instead of going back to jungle with her parents, she's going to stay in America, mm-hmm. and both of her parents like cry about it for two minutes, and that was pretty funny. That was. But good. aside from that, she doesn't really get to say anything interesting. She just has to stand next to Michael Pena and be like. I'm, I'm the mom. I'm the mom. I'm yeah. the mom. I'm the map. What a great movie. It was really good. And I'm still surprised. The The best moment in the movie is definitely the animated stuff, right? Or did you have like a, a highlight aside from that? I think the animated stuff was great because I was like, what the, f-? that was definitely the thing I was expecting the least. Yeah. I thought a lot of them going through the like, lost city traps and puzzles was fun because mm-hmm. i'm like oh someone just wanted to make a good family adventure film and this is a good family adventure film that's true you don't see a lot of like live action action movies for kids these days that mm-hmm. are like actually family appropriate that's why spy kids was the first thing i like thought of because that's what it felt to me when i was younger is that i'm like oh this is such a cool movie and I mean, it's very much a kid's movie, but it like right. takes kids seriously enough to be like, hey, they could follow a story. They could have fun with a live action adventure. Right. And a lot of what you see nowadays is like family entertainment is like the Avengers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a big action movie that's mainly aimed at teenagers, I guess, but like it's okay for kids. Mm-hmm. You don't really see a lot of stuff like aimed at kids in theaters aside from like ugly dolls and shit like that. Well, that might be the thing is that Avengers and things like that became so popular to everyone that like, oh, we don't have to focus on kids because kids will go and see this anyway. Right. Making a Dora movie is a hard sell. It's not like yeah. if they were like, we're going to make a Blue's Clues movie tomorrow, I would go see it. That's a hard sell. Yeah. No, it. Again, it's like, I mean, maybe I'm stupidly optimistic about Sonic now, but that was the closest comparison. If you pitch me anything else similar to this, like Michael Bay's cat dog, no, I'm still going to be skeptical. Mm -hmm. Like, I still think, in theory, the Dora movie is not a good idea, and I've just been proven wrong. (laughs) No, it's still not a good idea, but they did a great job with it. Who, who for you, would have to direct Cat Dog for you to be interested, and who would have to be in it? Uh, Ryan Johnson's cat dog. I was going to say Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> and, oh, um, shit. Cat would be played by Jude Law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and dog, uh, John C. Riley. Mine is Neil Blomkamp's <laughs> cat dog. <laughs> so everyone listening at home, who do you want to direct <laughs> yeah. the cat dog movie? Hit us up with the hashtag cat that dog. <laughs> I hate hashtag cat that dog. Well, so do I, but I said it, so it's 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 canon.
John Favreau, though, would be the one they would bring in. <laughs> He's the new studio shill for live action remakes of cartoon adaptions. So, which is just an odd. Uh, how did he get the Jungle Book thing? I mean, I guess I just didn't pay attention Elf. to the Jungle Book. Elf is good. I would think. I don't know. I mean, he's done kids' movies in the past. Mm-hmm. I think we should also do Angry Beavers, uh, and it's going to be. St- I'd pick the same people I picked for Cat Dog. No, maybe not Jude Law, but I still want John C. Riley <laughs> and as- Dana Carvey. <laughs> Dana Carvey would be the brown beaver. Uh, Dana, um, Dana Carvey and David Spade. You David know, the Spade two- is the blonde <laughs> beaver. <laughs> What, what what do you have? What Fuck. will be a good? I don't have tune? anything. Ian. <laughs> I'm like trying to think of all the classic Nicktoons. Yeah. They are bringing back Rocco's Modern Life. For That's Netflix. the thing. Like like mid two thousands Nicktoons is really where I lie. So like uh-huh. Danny Phantom, I think would be a really great live action movie. That's a good one. I think Timothy Chalamet is da- Danny Phantom. Yeah, Danny Phantom would be good. Um, this isn't Nicktoons, but Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. It's not a Nicktoon, so I'm not going to acknowledge okay. that comment. <laughs> That's fine. Johnny Bravo and you got somebody in a big muscle suit. Not a Nicktoon, but still good. Wait, um, John Cena as Johnny Bravo. <laughs> I hate it. I love I it. I hate that movie. And David Spade is the other guy. <laughs> Anything else about Dora and the Lost City of Gold? If that's what this movie's called. I believe that's what it's called. I would honestly watch two more of these. I think we need a complete trilogy. Diego doesn't need a spinoff. Uh, I was gonna say he's sort of like the Jack Sparrow of this. Like it's fun as a side character. I mean, that's giving him too much credit, but he does not need his own movie. Yeah, I mean, Go Diego think, Go would not be a good movie. I think the thing is they set up all the pieces for there to be a sequel to this movie. Like Swiper becomes a part of their family unit for some reason. He's around just hanging out, but it's like he's like the Mister Mime of. <laughs> the family you really don't need it you don't need a sequel to this this is a really great movie i would say a perfect movie finally got his boots in the last scene you see him with sparkly boots they Mm -hmm. can't that's such a cliffhanger you can't end it there i would say let's end it let's end (laughs) it on a high note no more dora Mm -hmm. let's do some new things oh ian thank you so much for coming on the show this week. thank you for having me and And for seeing the movie with me in theaters thank you paramount for making this yeah absolutely ian where can people find you online you can find me on twitter and instagram at ian shrank it'll have a picture of my face and stuff i wrote and people know what you look like yeah like look at me and i'm on twitter at stop tweeting me thank you guys so much for listening to the show this week be sure to rate and review us on itunes it really does help and as always i'm your host mia marchant And I'm here if you need to talk. Uh, Well, I'm going to do an introduction. I'm going to do it in Spanish, and you tell me how good it is. Buenos dias, amigos. Me llamo Mark Chafferdini. Estoy aquí con uh, Eugenio Derbez. Uh, Bienvenido a Dallas, Texas. And um, thank you for coming to town. Um... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.